This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello, my name is Rachel Turner and I'm late. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, We are, we're experiencing a little technical difficulty. They didn't want to uh, let me in. And so uh, I'm now in and here, and I hope you're in too. Maybe, maybe let's just embrace this little late moment to make everybody feel like, wow, I was early. Because as a parent of an under five, how rare is it that you feel like you're early to things? So welcome, all you people who were early and were here ahead of the time it started. Feel, feel the embracement of your success. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) my name is Rachel Turner. It's good to see you. We are here with Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. And as classic Rachel, I forgot my bedtime drink, but I hope you have a bedtime drink. I hope you have managed to either settle your kids or pawn them off on somebody else. Uh, Or maybe you still are being touched by three people. But whatever it is, I'm glad you are here. Today, we are talking about, well, first of all, let me do niceties. Let's do niceties. How was your Christmas? Uh, I moved over the Christmas period because um, my landlord needed her house back because of COVID stuff. So I'm in a new place. Can't find anything. Uh, I hope you had a good, well, I don't have a good Christmas. I hope you had a unique Christmas that you'll be able to stay for many years to come. Remember that Christmas when? There you go. I wish upon you uniqueness. (laughs) Sort of what we're in. And today we are talking about... I guess the sort of unique season that we're in, in terms of helping our kids connect to church, because we've been doing this for a while. We are sort of like experienced people at this point, aren't we? And some of us may be having difficulties. Some of us may be soaring through it. I don't know, but we just wanted to give a little bit of time to it for this a brief moment to just discuss how's it going for you and what's it like and how can we help our kids re-engage with church if we're beginning to see them drift a bit back or how do we even address this thing because it's been 10 months for some of us who've ever been to church and so uh yeah I'm gonna do what we normally do which is share a bit of input of uh, stuff that I've been thinking about I'm gonna pray for you and then we'll answer any questions you have we'll look at any situations you're experiencing as usual we are the one big community and family and so please uh, give advice to each other and share your experiences and uh, and suggest things that have helped you so that uh, you're not just coming here to, to hear me talk but you're coming here to be a part of a group of people who are all thinking about the same thing so please feel free to be powerful within it um yeah so type away and uh, i'll talk a little bit i was i was reflecting this year um, this year, in 2021. Can you believe it's 2021? And uh, I was just thinking that for some of us, you know, we have been out of church for 10 months. Some of us got to go back for a little bit and come out again. And 10 months in the life of an under five can be like their entire lives or as long as they have conscious memory. And so f- particularly for parents of under fives, you may be dealing with a, f- a family who can't remember what normal church life used to look like and that can be a mixture of grief or a little bit of I don't know a sense of loss or a sense of a life pattern and when we're looking at it for particularly under fives often we're not saying what are we going back into 
one day when we get to go back to church. But the question becomes, how can we be engaged in what is church now? And how can we lay a really good foundation so that if and when, I say if, when we get to um, emerge into being able to do live church again and see people, how can we lay that framework for them to re-engage in a way that is, is helpful for them in the same way now? And as I was praying for you, the main thing that kept hitting around my head was to take the should off of our shoulders. Because I believe that there is a should of church that is still sort of sitting on us. We should be going to services. We should um, be going to church in a way that it used to look. And, and if we are not achieving that should of the past, then we are in some way failing or lacking or something. And I just felt, again, I know I've said it a lot, but I just want to go in there and rip all the shoulds off your shoulders. If you are feeling a sense of, you know, we haven't been doing it, we haven't been getting to Sundays, or my kids hate Zoom, and I'm feeling bad, um, the sense of should that 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 a church service is the should that we should be able to make it through that is the ideal for our family. And if we're not making it, it's not working for us. I think I want to take that off of you because I think it paralyzes us and paralyzes our problem solving. It's okay if you, f- if you feel a lack of church. If you were like, it's been 10 months, I miss it. Man, I miss it. And I miss being with my kid in church. That's okay to feel. That's a good thing to feel because there is a lack. And you know, when you're feeling thirsty, sometimes that's because you need water. And if you're feeling thirsty for church, it's okay to say, gosh, I miss church. I also want to say it's okay if you are not feeling the lack. If you're like, we are so much better not having to wrangle our kids into the traditional services that used to be. I know many families potentially who have children on the autistic spectrum or children who struggle to sit, that actually they're engaging more in this season than they are. And that sense of re-engaging is fearful. Whatever you're experiencing is fine. It is okay. Because for me, it is not about whether or not your kids are engaging with services, whether or not we as a family are locked into church in any sort of formal structures. Because the question is, what is church for? And how are we being and doing church because God created it for a reason. And so I just want to remind you of them. Now, I had to do a quick little thing on Facebook, so I had to mirror write quickly. So I don't know if this is going to come out normal. My team will tell me if it's looking name. I just wanted to remind you of the things that biblically church is for, okay? And just, just grab yourself and just take a moment and be like, is this what church is for me? Because I want to ask you about it. It's for drawing... Drawing near to God. It's for spurring each other on. It's for being the body of Christ. It's for loving and being loved. And it's for being transformed by the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose of getting together of church. The purpose of of God bringing us together and saying, let's keep meeting. And, And sometimes it can feel like it's just about services and it's not those things. And I just wanted to say that it's okay to do church deconstructed. Because the reason why church has worked for so many times is because it blends all of that. You go to a service, you get to draw near to God, and you get to see people and encourage them. And you get to serve and be part of the body of Christ. 
romantic. Uh, you get to love and be loved because you get to hug lots of people in one big thing. And if you're an Anglican, then they like tell you, here's the chance to hug people or shake people's hands and say, peace be with you. Uh, and you get to be transformed by the Holy Spirit by times where you get to sit in God's presence and ponder and hear the words and 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 participate in things. And, and that's what a church service does. It's like, hey, let's take a, a whole bunch of the important bits of church and put it into one location. And now we're being denied the one location. That does not mean we are being denied all of this. And for our kids, that means that we can step back and say, okay, a Sunday morning service is no longer giving us all of this. So how can we, in community, draw near to God? And you know what? That may be if you have grandparents who are um, people of faith or who are believers your, your draw near to God may be your facilitating your kids having their own walk with God and once a week on a Friday night having a phone call where you call grandparents and they get to pray over you guys or they get to say, I was praying for you, I wanted to say this verse over you and, and they can lead a little bit of ministry and invite you to pray or you can pray for them. It could be that your draw near to God in community is one other family for five minutes or it could be that it's just your family and different kids take time i was running a parenting for faith course and some of the some of the people were saying that their kids wanted to do sermons on sunday so they said okay and their kids like did little mini sermons and it was great and they listened and they encountered god and where can you draw near to god in community whether that's just your family or other people. And that's okay. For, for, for a family with under fives, if you are grabbing somebody on Zoom or walking down the street and praying for them or knocking on a person's door while you're out for your exercise and saying, we just wanted to pray with you, that may be your draw near to God for that, for that week, that community reach out where you draw near to God together. That's okay. Do it deconstructed. It doesn't all have to happen at the same time. Spur each other on. I love the scripture when we talk about, you know, the Bible says, don't give up meeting with each other. It says, don't give up meeting with each other. Not because that's what's expected of you people. Now, come on, show up to church. It says in Hebrews, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, Hebrews. It says in Hebrews 10, Where's Hebrews 10? Hebrews 10. It's going on and on. And then it says, uh, Let us consider how we, may, how we may spur each other on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. It says, Come together so that you can encourage each other. Well, it's convenient to do that at a service, but you know what? That is not the only place that you can do that. If you are struggling to feel like you are just disconnecting from church, then then rather than trying to just force yourself to get to the church things, Hebrews says, meet with people so that you can encourage people. How can you, with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, encourage other people? Because that is church. How can you... Be the body of Christ and use your gifts to help people find God. How can you love people? How can you transform, be transformed by the Holy Spirit every night when you pray and you ask your kids to pray for them or you ask your kids, why don't you call up somebody and do something? The little bits, this deconstructed church, this little moments of church are so useful because when we get to go back, 
fantastic. Then we all get to put it all back together again in, in a location, but that's just for convenience and access, not because that is any more church than what we have now. The early church didn't have children's ministry until really long time. <laughs> they didn't even meet together in a church building for like a hundred years. Well, probably more closer to 80, but like they were in people's homes and they were doing this, this deconstructed essence of community. When we have under fives, we feel like it has to look like something and it doesn't. It just has to look like church. One of the best things you can do is frame for your kids. This is church. I know a lot of families play the church game. So they'll like Zoom with somebody and their three-year-old will stomp in and their one-year-old stomp in and they turn around, they get off of the thing and they go, that was great church. The kids will be like, what are you talking about? That wasn't church. And like, yeah, it was me talking to other people who love God too. And I feel encouraged. That's what church is, isn't it? And they sort of name church. What is church? That was church. And that was church. Laughing together was church. And seeing somebody and saying, oh, I want to pray for you. Or you should do that. Or encouraging somebody. That's all church. Start labeling everything as church and be grateful for it and laugh about it. And then when you all come together, fantastic great. What are you guys feeling about church? How is it engaging? What is worrying you about engaging with church? Or what are you feeling um, disconnected from? And if you're feeling disconnected from church because you feel like you're lonely, then be the church that you want to experience. Then go out and, and be part of helping other people not feel lonely. Be that powerful bit that says we get to inhabit all of church with our little family and with others. So I'm going to pray for us. Bedtime drinks with Rachel sometimes are really short. So I just wanted to encourage you. I wanted to pluck the shoulds off your shoulders. And I wanted to encourage you to find those moments, those bits of church and name them and celebrate them and talk about how great it will be when you can do them all at one time. But um, do you have any questions, comments, concerns, ponderings, heresy flags, things that you're struggling with that we can help? Um, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'll answer any questions or comments that you might have. So let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for the gift of church. I thank you for the gift of this little moment of being together, for drawing near to you in community, whether that's a community of three or a community of 300. Thank you that when you say two or three are gathered in your name, there you are. And so, God, I thank you for our little families, that you are as present with us as you are when we are huge with lots of other people. God, show us where we get to be church and do church and experience church. Help us frame for our children that, um, that your church is all around and we are an essential part of it, that we may see the blessing of a life with you surrounded by people who are also on that journey. And that real deep blessing of community, whether we can touch people or not, whether we're all in the same location or not, that we are part of a worldwide church that brings incredible blessing to our discipleship and, and our journeys. Open our eyes, God, that we, may, that we may see next steps for our kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. Uh, comments. So I'm on my computer. I had to do a last minute swap, so I have to look this way. Uh, yes, I have been having so many conversations this month about what church is for. Yeah, this is a helpful list. Great. I'm glad. Um, in, 
I think it's parent the blue book, Parenting Children for Life of Faith, Omnibus Version. There's this list and some biblical references too, in case you want to like find it and you don't have to do it. I love the idea of labeling it as church and expanding little one's understanding of what church is. Yes. Yeah, I... Once we do that, it almost feels like a game, but it helps them see where church is. And I really want that because we have no idea what the next 20 years look like. And I really want my 30-year-old to constantly be having a great conversation with his friend on a beachfront and leave going, that was awesome church. You know, I love that. A question from Katie. Have you seen any encouraging ways that a church group together has kept young kids connected to each other when their relationships are very immediate? Our church is gathering time into coffee time Zoom, which kind of meets that. Kids see each other doing church or just showing a toy and craft. Taking initiative on own can feel a bit overwhelming, challenging. There are lots of ways that churches can do these things. Often, you know, having a time where all the kids come to the front and wave or those games so that they can see each other. I think you have to remember with under fives, they're still developmentally in in very parallel play mode often. Uh, And so they either tend to, you know, if you see a room of under fives, sometimes they're all like playing by themselves and then sort of every once in a while like knocking into each other. And then eventually as they, you know, hit that upper end of the the fours and fives, they begin to engage with each other. But if kids are disconnected from each other physically, from playing in locations, from being next to each other and being able to giggle, they're very tactile, if you remember. You know, you put them all in one room and they're all clumped together. And I, th- I think we get worried that that means they'll feel disconnected from other children. I think even just seeing each other like that is all right. But I think also I feel like there is something that says it's okay, it's okay for them to not be able to connect through Zoom because that is just not a, a, a medium that helps them do that kind of parallel play, that kind of sense of togetherness that it used to be. But seeing each other is great. And if you, you know, feeling like you have to do the initiative to organize a half hour, you know, play, that can feel overwhelming. But you can also you know, message four other families or two other families or one other family from church and just say, hey, we're going for a walk uh, for our exercise and this way. And do you mind if we knock on your window? You know, I know right now the restrictions, you can't come out, but can we come out and wave and do a little puppet show for you or we make you cake and we're going to swing them by and just sort of, you know, wave and laugh and maybe play a game somehow like that and come up with some sort of socially distanced you know throw airplanes at each other thing or something just to just to give a little giggle of reminding our children that there are other children that they've seen before and they can have a two minute a two minute thing of saying that and even for me if you invest in two other faces that you get to see live once every other week then when you all go back they feel like they have those buddies that they've stayed connected to sometimes we feel like we want to keep them connected to all of them and you know grab one or two and invest in those so that when you go back then then they can re-engage with those relationships and and have that that handle and then sort of emerge out so don't feel about trying to do everything um but uh but make two very immediate and the rest of it can be okay i'd suggest i could be wrong uh, I don't see any other questions or comments come through. You can do this, guys. Just there is there is blessing in this season, and you are doing great. And I just want to sweep anything off of you that is making you feel like you're not doing great and you're not helping your kids experience church because the early church had none of this stuff. They had homes and they met there and they ate, and. 
I just wanted to remind you also that under fives don't have, not everything has to be targeted to them. It really doesn't. Uh, there, there's really great benefit in a four-year-old listening to an adult church service and watching you worship and listen to a sermon. That is great. It's okay. Um, if you were really interested in the spiritual life of babies and toddlers, there's a new book that's coming out in February uh, called Nurturing Your Child's Spiritual Life, <laughs> uh, Babies and Toddlers. And it is a new book that I wrote that is specifically about how to nurture the spiritual life of zero to threes, uh, really. Because once you get into fours and fives, all y'all know chat and catch and, and creating windows. And it can feel easy to pick it up when you have quite a verbal child. But what do you do when you have a one and a half year old? And so I wrote a slimline book for that. And we have a Babies and Toddlers uh, Spiritual Life Conference that's coming out in February if you want to jump in for that. Uh, And uh, there's loads that we're sort of releasing. We're releasing some baptism prep videos and some bite-sized videos for toddler groups and for communities of people who can't do a massive parenting faith course, but maybe a bunch of uh, parents who have one-year-olds might want to do five-minute videos that can allow them to jump in and have conversations. So we're really focusing on how we can support uh, the spiritual life of you and your kids. And so connect into those things. And in the meantime, talk to us and tell us what you need and how we can help you. Feel free to email in or write and we'll answer you in podcasts or I'll send you an email back. But we are with you and we believe in you and uh, we love you. So we will talk to you next month. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.